Malloy's Personal Power Podcast. Get ready to up your communication and commitment game. Hear from those who have succeeded using Dan's program. And now, here's Dan Malloy. Boom! <laughs> How you doing, everybody? Uncle Dan here. I'm with a very special friend and colleague, business colleague, and a salesman. I'll let Mike tell what his role is. He's with a company called Tread Partners and tell him what his role is. And I want to have a discussion with him about, about sales in general and how he got started in sales and what his first sales job was like and, and how he progressed and what he sees, how he sees things today versus a hundred years ago when he got started. <laughs> Please welcome Mike. It's great to, great to see you. Uh, when did you get started in selling? How old were you? Thanks for having me. I was uh, 22 years old, right out of college when I started. 22. What was your first, what, were you, what was, tell me, describe the situation, the first job you had as a sales guy. It was funny. I, uh, I had applied in different spots, had some opportunities to different spots, but one that ended up being somewhat close to home, but not quite home, uh, was a company called MCI. You might remember them. They competed against AT&T. The phone company. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And all of that telecom era at that time was extremely hot. You know, it was big. It was expanding. What's the uh, time frame? What's the time frame? 1993. So okay. deregulation was taking place big time. And so it opened up the door for a lot of these other uh, long distance companies. If you remember, that's what people competed on. And uh, so price, 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 price. Right? That's it, man. That was it. Because everybody... They, they forced they forced the people like the the what they called the the bell south or the bell companies to it's open up tough. they had to and they had to open up their lines to everybody else they had to resell them to everybody else so all of a sudden the network that they owned wasn't completely theirs or they had to give access uh to to all these other companies mci ended up being a very big competitor to at&t and they were looking for somebody in my hometown and at that time, I wasn't expecting to go back here. I was trying to actually get a job in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, they said, you're from Owensboro. And I said, yeah. And they said, well, we're going to put you there. And I'm like, what? No, that's not what I had in mind, you know? And, but I got back here and it was a pound the pavement type sales job. I mean, literally, I'll never forget telling my uncle that I, I got the job. He goes, man, that's going to be good for you. You're going to have to think on your feet because you're going to be literally, I went to small businesses and tried to convert them. And uh, man, I can't tell you how many times I got cussed out. It was, uh, it was, it was almost humorous, you know, like after a while you get really thick skin, but you just learn how to sell you, you, you know, of course they give you training, but man, you just, you really learn to think on your feet when you have to go walk in the door. Introduce hey, here I, am. <laughs> I know you're yeah. expecting me, you know, I know you're hoping to talk about long distance. Ah, you're waiting there for me, right? <laughs> when I was my first real sales job was selling, uh, computer supplies door to door in New York city. Oh yeah. My territory, I was a small company out of uh, Chicago, prior communications. Lee Pryor was the owner, but I got thrown out of more buildings in Manhattan, you know, like just walking in, just, I just called home, you know? Oh yeah. What was, the, what was your approach? Did, did, how did they train you? You know, it's so long ago, it's almost 30 years, but it, uh, you know, you, I, I remember they, they, they took me, they sent me down to Atlanta. I uh, sat through a week of training. You know, we did a lot of role play. 
Oh, you did? Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. And I think role play is important. I mean, you know, and uh, if especially if you got a good instructor that'll give you all of the, uh, you know, objections and, and you kind of get at least a feel for it. And then, you know, they sent you back home and they cut you loose and they said, uh, make your numbers. You know, that's it. And uh, we used to do a daily call at the end of the day. And then did a weekly sales meeting on the phone because we were kind of managed out of a, a central office for the entire state. And they had these, uh, I forgot what they called us, but we were like territory sales guys. We were on the lower end of the food chain. You worked your way up to bigger accounts, you know, like your more sophisticated, uh, larger right. Phone, right. Phone, sure. you know, things like that. Well, so we were just, we were just sort of the small business and that's where we cut our teeth. And uh, it was probably, I, I, I guess you would say, it was a great experience in that I learned real quick that I could sell and I got comfortable with it. So, you know, and then it was just kind of um, time management. You know, you learn that on your own. Uh, then you even learn the whole, remember the, you know, people would uh, hold back sales to turn in the next month if you've already maxed out and things like that, because, right. you know, you knew all, you learned all the little tricks to maximize your own income, right? Yeah, you know, sure. It was so it was, uh, but it was a good training ground for me. Yeah, I'm sure. What's the difference now? It's like, like you say, 30 years later, what do you see being different now about the selling game versus for you? Cause you're doing the same thing. I mean, you're not the same thing. You're a sale, you're a salesman. You're you, selling so am I. This is what I do. You know, it, there's it, it, sometimes you sit there and you think it's changed, but then sometimes the more they change, the more they stay the same, that kind of old cliche thing. I mean, you still have to do the fundamentals in sales. That's the one thing I've noticed that hadn't changed. I have noticed that, you know, I've probably read a lot of books like you have that uh, involve sales or gone through multiple types of training and everything. It's it's fascinating, but it really comes down to the basics. And a lot of times uh, that, that you got to make your you got to make your dials right. You got to call people. You got to engage. You got to find referral partners. I've been doing this so long. I know my, I know my peaks and valleys. I know them when they're emotional or whatever. And, and, and you, you can slow down sometimes, but you just can't stop. You always have to be prospecting. I have bigger days than others on prospecting. Why? Just because, man, you can, you can shift that gear better, you know, whatever it might be, you know, but um, you've got to be prospecting all the time. And so, uh, but I would say the biggest change, uh, this is one you're going to laugh about it, really on the technology level. I noticed that, you know, so I got started and cell phones weren't really out yet. And then when they came out, you got one for your car, but that was for emergencies, man. You didn't want anybody calling you on it because remember how expensive. it was expensive. Yeah. And then you didn't want to eat up your minutes, right? I think it, at one time it was like $30 for 30 minutes and they rounded everything to the next minute. And it was like, ah, yeah, I'll call you back when I get, you know, or are you going to be there? Yeah. It was just real quick phone calls that you, you had to, you know, think about when you want to do them. But then as the phone progressed, I noticed that, you know, there's a certain etiquette to phone usage, especially in sales. And today, I think that's the exact opposite. I think they, everybody prefers you. If you have a cell phone number, yeah. it's no big deal that you call them. Or, or I, I, I love, I love it when people tell me, look, man, you don't have to call me. You can text me. Perfect. So that whole aspect's changed in the way you communicate and what's kind of permitted or, or, perceived to be allowed, I guess you'd say. I think it's still the same hard knock game. I mean, I don't, I think, I think as salespeople, we try to define easier ways to, you know, get leads. But at the end of the day, it still comes down to some form of direct engagement. I still have, I still have a thousand numbers I haven't called yet. <laughs> right. 
or two thousand, right. thousands of them, you know. And I know they're all they're all good prospects, you know. So uh, talk about. I want you to talk a little bit about. Obviously, you're a successful guy. You're the lead sales guy for your company, correct? So I want you to talk about, for especially for younger people, talk about the discipline and being a self-starter. Well, I think in most sales jobs today, you're going to work out of your home. I think uh, just just by the nature of the way uh, office works evolved and and how they do it, because at the end of the day, with sales, it's it is about results. I think as a salesperson, you have to have a routine every day, how you get up, how you get dressed, what you do in that morning time, how you get yourself to your desk and that you start at the same time every day. I think you have to book yourself out in regards to deciding that in this window of time, I do nothing but make, you know, outbound calls. Outbound call, yeah, that's good. And, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. I'll let things interfere, right? but it's always on my calendar as the primary thing that I need to get done. And, um, and I always try to stick with it. It's uh, so that's the discipline. I've tried it both ways. If you, if you just make dials to make dials, then you're not focused enough. And sometimes you let good things pass through because you come become too robotic, but you have to find that happy medium between, and it, it really depends on the person, but you got to make enough calls. You got to know your ratios, like, you know, what your results can be. Sometimes, you know, I'm in a sell cycle, Dan, just much like you are right now. My sell cycle could be anywhere from a month to a couple of years. I mean, you know, it's crazy. Could happen so, tomorrow and it could be a, a year from now. Easy. Yo, yes. Yes. So that's a whole nother type of sell that I think kind of has its own discussion point with people. I mean, you, if you were to talk about sales with people, that long sell cycle is a grind and how you how you manage that emotionally and how you manage the prospect. And, and, you know, how many times do you think, man, I'll say this, Dan, I've, I've said this several times. I'm not calling that SOB for at least another year. I'm just tired of calling on him. You know, he always tells me calling back, whatever. Then a three months will go by and I call the guy. And then you like, get a bug, you get the bug. And all of a sudden, yeah. All of a sudden he says, yeah, I'm ready to do something. You're like, well, damn, I'm glad I made the call. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but, most of it is is a wrestling match internally. I don't know if you ever noticed that, but it's like an internal wrestling match about, you know, what you perceive people, somebody's thinking or not really just, you know, you can't drive people nuts, but you, you can put them on your, in your CRM system, just be pleasantly persistent, you know, checking in once a month on these guys that you know, it's going to be a while, maybe they're in an existing contract, but you should stay in touch with them, those type of things. Uh, yeah, it's it just uh, it's but it's all you asked about discipline. It's it's about it's about as it's about creating the routine. You have to create the routine for yourself, and then find that balance that you can hit that gear shift the way you're supposed to, and and get the results that you need for your company. How so? I like what you said about the knowing what your numbers are. You know, like, uh, like how many. I uh, when I was just doing nothing but dialing for dollars, you know, uh, years ago, I, I figured out from by you know by keeping track of it that uh, i had to make about 100 phone calls a day and i would reach a certain amount but i had i figured out i had to get four qualified prospects every day before i do any closing i like to close i always like to close yeah right but you quickly run out of the people to close if you aren't building your pipeline those are my numbers 100 
and then four, and I knew I was going to close one or two of the out of the four that I had uh, qualified. So what are your what were your what do you like now these days? Do you, do you have numbers like that? Yeah, I would say I, I feel like my numbers have changed a little bit since COVID. I'll say that they've gotten they seem to have expanded, not the way I want it because. Uh, in our industry specifically, uh, everybody seems to be doing well right after COVID, you know, in the tire and automotive repair, it just, it just, it's, ex it, it's just Ooh. accelerated. So like one of the big challenges is um, a lot of these guys are doing so well, they're not really interested in new acquisition because A, they don't have the employees. Can't get uh, the work done. Yeah. They can't, they can't get what they got done right now. And they're like, man, I, I, I don't. You know, so that that's expanded my numbers. I would say that my my old numbers were more like fifty calls to to a sale. I'd put it up there, you know, seventy five to hundred now. But I don't have a big pond either. You know, our pond is dialed in pretty tight. Uh, so yes, we're dealing with the top, the elite of the of the the auto repair industry. So there's about there's about five hundred people that I can call on, and and how you do that is is the strategy, and so. You know, internally, I'm probably doing. Uh, we're we're trying to figure out ways to do more touch points versus just, you know, calling. Like you send out emails, we try to do a newsletter. I know. I just got one yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's a, that's a, you know, the whole point of that is just remember our name. You know, I don't care if they read it, but they're going to remember the name. They're going to keep seeing Tread Partners. You know. Right. When I, call, when I call back, when I call back finally and I get through to the decision maker, you know, the other thing is I'm dealing with uh, company owners or presidents that run companies that have, you know, 10, 15, 20 shops. And uh, I'm really the last thing on their mind. They're not sitting there waiting for my phone call. And um, all right, so that's my next question. Right. So. All right. So I'm the guy. I'll put you on the spot a little bit here. Yeah, I'm the guy. I'm the owner of a 10 store chain, right? And uh, finally you get through to me. What? And now you've been after me for like six months, a year, whatever, right? And I know your name because you've been sending me this stuff. What's your first, what's your opening? What's your, your strategy for opening this conversation with me? Well, it's gonna sound crazy, but um... I literally am very extremely blunt with them. And I ask them, uh, I tell them that this is a code call. And, uh, I, and I, and I say, so I, and I, I say it kind of humorously. I say, so, so Mr. Jones, you, you can hang up on me now, or you can give me at least 30 seconds to tell you why I called. And usually most CEOs or presidents, they'll laugh. And, um, and cause I'm, I'm very blunt with them. And, it, and when I do that with people, I've done, noticed this, if, if anybody young salespersons out there listening, the more honest you are, the more brutally honest you are, the better your relationship's going to be right out of the gate. I'll tell and you so a funny story. Can I tell you, interrupt you real quick? I want to well, go ahead. I, I, I'll tell my story. Finish. All right. So anyway, the, so I do the, I do the, a very blunt with them and, and usually they'll chuck one. They give me 30 seconds. Well, I mean, I don't read it, but I have, I have it written down, but I already know what I'm going to say and I don't have to look at it. If I read it, it sounds like Mike's reading it. I mean, I'm terrible at that. So I can't, I can't read a script. I have to, I have to just say it. So you have an opening, you have an yeah. opening offer, right? Yes. So this, he got his ear now. He says, okay, you got one minute, right? Go. Yeah. Right. So what, that, what do you say? So that's what I do. And and now that we, we've gotten into a product that's uh that's more definitive. And I guess you'd say uh, it diff, it's a differentiator. 
So those are important things. One of the things I was doing right when I started with these guys is I was just trying to get them in the game. And we were selling more or less, you would say, me too services. I mean, I got that too, kind of like, you know, and that's very difficult because you're not, you're, you're not. What's you're not the standing. Me too? What do you mean me too services? Well, like uh, there's a lot of other people that use the same terminology and say they do the same services that we do. Okay. So, like, you know, there's a lot of so, spots of you out there. Yeah. Yeah. So you call and you're just uh, all of a sudden he's hearing the teacher on peanuts. Wah, 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 wah. I mean, he doesn't. And now he's not tuned in because you're not you're not bringing anything new to the table. Well, right. And just the last probably three months, Neil and I have uh, uh, defined a product that Neil had actually been doing, but he never really defined it as a product per se, to go as a leader, because uh, there is a little decent price tag to it as a leader. But what it does um, is it, it really sets us apart. It's a differentiator. And we put a guarantee with it. So my calls have been more receptive. But I will say this. Uh, so from that side, it's been successful. But from the closing side, I've got to find a, I, I got to find a way to get over the hump because it is it's still new. And I'm still figuring it out. But the challenge is, again, the guy says, well, if I were to get any more business, I'm going to tick some people off because I can't handle what I got. You see what I'm saying? So they're, sure. they're in a spot. So it's going to slow down. I, I know I know the market's going to come back around or whatever. But, you know, there's been a lot of stimulus money out there. Uh, you know, when people can't get new cars, they're fixing old cars. So, you know, all of that has kept people in these repair shops. And then they've, you know, continue to buy tires or whatever. And so the people that I've called on, they've just had a good year. They've had a good run after COVID. I mean, it's, it's been pretty wide open. Two years, two years flat out. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I agree. Same thing. Same thing for us. Although we, we have a di slightly different pro. I mean, our programs fit so nicely. Together. But do you, you, you would say you probably would agree in, in the same types of objections and it's, and you know what? I don't know how to get past the objection of when a guy says, look, Mike, I'd like to take on more business, but I have a hard time keeping employees as is. And I don't have, I'm five people short right now. You know, yeah. if you, if you were to do what you say you're going to do for me, I can't handle it. Right. I've heard that too, myself, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But I was going to say this in, in, in essence, though, for people that are listening and thinking about sales. So what is it then? It's the grind. It's the long game. Keep playing the long game because the tide is going to turn. And that's, I think with maturity, like if I was still in my twenties, this would just, I would be up. I would be just beside myself trying to make it work. But knowing the game now, I, I I'm, it's a war of attrition. I'm going to be there, you know, and now, now I've changed some of these conversations, uh, Dan, to where, well, now, you know, I exist. What I'd like to do is set you up as a customer sooner rather than later. So that when you need to crank that dial up, because you need you need the extra work. Now is the time to invest. So that's where I try to convince them. And we get very little with them on the investment side, but we might get them to do an audit with us. We might get them to do something small, just start the process. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. I appreciate all that stuff about uh discipline, you know, and having a having a plan. And you so you have an approach. You have your initial offer when you when you get somebody on the phone, which is and it's you've tested it and you've and it works for you. That's what well, you're it's it's the opening the door is definitely work. Closing it, still figuring that part out with the new product. 
But uh, what I do have is, and you know, the owner of our company, Neil, Neil and Dave are literally two great guys to work for because they get, they understand the sales cycle, but they really understand the long game in this industry. And, and that's what's going to make our company successful is because we don't have to be, we're not pushy. You know, you, you can't, there's very, you, you could probably tell me this, Dan, you can't make somebody uh, accelerate their schedule if they're in a contract or if they're having employee problems or if these problems are concrete, you can't accelerate their purchase. You know, right. sometimes, sometimes you just have to ride that out. But the best thing you could do is pleasantly be persistent, stay in the, stay, stay in the game without pressing too hard. What do you see happening with, with regard to the economy? You said things are going to change. What do you see in your own crystal ball is coming for say the next year? Well, I think, uh, and look, I'm not, I'm not a financial guy. I'm not a wizard in any economics or whatever, but I think everything's cyclical. We've been going on a pretty heavy run and it's been strong. Uh, I know we had COVID, but that was more based on the economists I listened to. They, that was more of a, an interruption that recovered from that was what, there wasn't an economic principle as much as it was just a natural disaster type interruption, if you want to call it that. And, uh, and I think we're going to have, there's going to be a correction in the market. Cause if you look, we just, we've been running pretty long, pretty healthy. And, uh, it's, it's gonna, it, 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 interest rates right now, the fact that they're raising interest rate tells you that what they're expecting, they, they, uh, with the money supply and everything else out there like that. So, it's it's going to have we're going you you're old enough to know that we're going to have a we're going to have a cycle and um yes i i i think I, it's coming yeah that, there's going to be a significant downturn i don't know if maybe by the end of the year maybe first quarter of next year it's coming yeah. I, yeah i can't i don't have the crystal ball for when but i i just i, I know that something something's going to change and you got to be ready for it in the marketplace but I hate to say it, but to some degree, it, it, it'll it'll probably help us uh, a little bit, yeah. you know. Right. If people need more, well, that's what I'm telling my clients even now. I say you got you got to make sure now because you everybody's doing so well now, but now's the time you got to focus on what we do because it's not going to be like this. To some of the guys, and you know what, you you caused a problem for one client so much so that they were wondering how they could reduce their call volume. That. <laughs> And that's, that's, and that's, so, I mean, that's where, so that's what we do. So that's the problem. You know, if, if, if you want to be able to run it like a spigot and, uh, and it, it is a, it's a fascinating thing, but when, when someone invests in the internet properly, and I will say that 95% of the companies I call on don't, but when you do and you see it working, it's, 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 it's a beautiful it's almost like it's it becomes scientific and art at the same time. It's just it's like really dialing it in and seeing a fine-tuned machine running. And marketing can actually, with the internet, I mean search, it can really run that way. And it and it and it's fun when it does. But um, a lot Let of times share this. now I gotta interrupt you. I gotta share something with you. Just yeah. this week, this past week, right? I had a conversation with with our friend Max down there in North Carolina yesterday. Yeah. His call volume is up year over year, 52%. That's because of you guys. Yeah. 52% increase on top of 
So he's got had this huge increase in his call volume on top of improved communication skills. Which is you guys. That's us. So that's how the partnership works so well, you know, and, and, and Mac, his, the business is blowing up. And at the same time, you know, uh, I was on with uh, our friends uh, uh, same day out there in uh, uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, with Daniel. Yeah. You know, and and I called him and told him. I said, "Good news! You have record call volume." Now, this is after this is after you've already been working with them for like three years, and the call volume has been climbing, gone up like three hundred percent already. And now he just had this month. He had or last month he had a record month. I think in call volume, it was That's- up. Yeah, it was up. So it's uh, and that again, that's on you. You know, uh, no, I know you guys know. That's why I'm curious how you're how you're approaching the the sales game here. Well, and I'll say at the end of the day, uh, from the sales side, and and a lot of uh, sales reps have a lot of experience know this. If you can get into a lot of referral networks where people uh, or, or build those referral networks where you got people that trust you, know that you're not going to hurt their customer and you're only going to enhance their relationship or their reputation uh you we get referrals are the best thing because it's it's validation that they don't have to go through that whole due diligence process hey i trust max or i trust danny the fact that they said it makes it very you know peace of mind for me if i'm feeling like i'm not getting my money's worth the same way that you know in my market i want to deal with trade partners that's that's where we win is if if you can get somebody to talk to a referral or a reference, uh, it's it's big, big difference. Otherwise, you know, a lot of folks, the thing about my field is there's a low barrier to entry and everybody uses the same lingo. So uh, there's so many people that are doing business with, let's say, local marketing groups that don't know anything about tires or automotive repair. And they're missing a lot of fruit that's out there, just hanging fruit that's out there because... Yeah. You know, they're just doing standard things, but they're not doing best practices to what the industry would. And um, and that makes it. But then again, you know, they might like that marketing agency. They've known them their whole life. They they got a you know, right. they got, they're in their hometown. They live right down the street. They, you know, and but there's a big difference. And uh, I'll tell you the biggest difference for me, uh, Dan, I spent 13 years with another company and we did uh, manufacturing and then we fell into the automotive world that I'm in today. And when you have to wear multiple hats and talk to multiple different industries and you're trying to, you know, there's different sales cycles or different processes, man, it, it, it really strains the brain. And uh, with tread, all we do is this, we just do one field. This is it. And we're, we get really efficient. And you guys are good at it. That's yeah. why, that's why I refer my clients to you. Because yeah. you guys, you guys get it. And I can look the client in the eye and say, I know what, because, you know, what we do, and we go in and we do all the call tracking. We, we know what their call volume is, and we know how effective their advertising is very quickly. And I know, we know what the, what a good store yeah. should be doing with regard to the call volume, you know, so we know that. And so we get to it, we get to a certain point in our process, and I, go, and I tell them right up front. When you get to this point, then we're going to, you want to get with tread partners and that's, that's you guys. So yep. on that note, on that note, I just want to tell you, appreciate you 
appreciate what you guys do. Thank you for sharing some of the stories. We, we could have a lot. I got a lot of sales stories, but you don't have we, enough time. Hey, on another call, we ought to just do sales stories. Sales stories, yes. <laughs> we, we might, we might, we might get a million clicks if we with that viral thing because I, I, I got sales. very. I like I that. Some. Let's do. Let's do sales stories. That's it. That's we'll do it. We'll do it. But we'll do start doing sales stories. I like that. All right. Got other other people involved. That's cool. Yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be that'd be a lot of fun. I'll tell you one real quick. That, 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 <laughs> listen, I was just gonna tell. No, no, I'm gonna tell you first. <laughs> Go ahead. This one. This one's. Okay, you mine. tell one. You tell one, and I'll tell one. You got. You got two this minutes. Is, to go. This, I've got good ones, but this one's not mine. This was a buddy, one of my best friends from college, roommate. He got into sales, and uh, he said he got home. He got back to the office super late. He was putting proposals together. And he goes, you know, I'm talking a day from 6 a.m. till 9 p.m. And he said, and I'm back at the office, and I'm trying to get, you know, paperwork together. It's got to be out by tomorrow morning and all this stuff. He goes, I'm dealing with this grueling prospect. He wears me out, et cetera. And he said, but I have to call him back. And I just gotten off the phone with my wife and mind you, he goes, I'm exhausted. And he says, I'm leaving this guy a voicemail. And at the end of the voicemail, he says, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and he hung up. And then he realized that after the fact, this oh, is before, this is before cell phones. It's just the answer sheet. So he, he, he has no way of retracting it or anything. It's, it's out there. Exactly. He's, he's thinking these were, you know, and then, uh, you know, it's bad that I'll tell you, the you know, second I've, been on the phone, I've been on the phone with, with people. I'm not going to say it's a customer or whatever. And I'm, I'm on the phone. You know, like I got this thing on right. And I'm, I'm driving down the highway. It's on the speaker phone in the car, whatever. And I'm talking with somebody very nice. And then also somebody cuts me off. Right. And I'm from New York. I says, there's an F bomb. There's an F bomb. Like that, and you're on the phone with somebody, you're, you know, like, and it's just like, it's just like, oh, I didn't mean you, and I feel like I'm shocked, you know, it's just funny. <laughs> it's happened well, times. I'll just tell one on myself real quick. I, you know, I only got a couple more minutes, but I was going to tell you, here's one more. It happened to me yesterday. There's a prospect. I'm, 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 I call him on my cell phone. I put my, we hang up. I put my cell phone in my pocket. I get, I don't know why, but it, I guess it just didn't shut off completely. Whatever. Apparently, I called him three times with it hitting my in my thigh, where it's on my laying on my thigh, and then I realized I'm calling him the I guess the fourth time, and I pull it out and I'm like, oh, and I said, hey, yeah, I said, uh, sorry about that. I said, did you hear me uh, yell at my dog? He goes, oh yeah, I've heard it three times. <laughs> and I go, well, I, you know, if my wife's there going, what are you? you Got to be careful. The technology can come back. Oh, God. You, you know, yeah, that's that's good. Sales stories. This is a good, I like that. It'll have more fun with that. Thank you for having me. All right, be good. Thank you. All right, take care. Have a great weekend.